Our scripture text this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 49 through 56. Listen for a word from God. I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you you say there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for your word to us. Pray that you would open our ears our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us today. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. This gospel passage makes us a little bit uncomfortable. It sounds like Jesus is having a really bad day and needs to blow off some steam. I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and I wish it was already burning. Do you think I've come to bring peace? No, I wish I have come to bring division. Division will cut even into your most intimate relationships. How do you not see this coming? This harsh-sounding Jesus is a little bit unsettling. These are not Bible verses that you are likely to see cross-stitched into a pillow, right? (laughs) They're not going to be online with a beautiful frame with flowers behind it. These are some of those Bible passages that we read and think, Ooh, I didn't know this was in here. We often skip over texts like this. We aren't quite sure what to do with them. It doesn't fit into the mold we have of Jesus in our minds holding a lamb with a halo behind him and a rainbow. Admittedly, I almost skipped over preaching this passage. It's one of the lectionary texts that we often will go to to choose what we preach on, but there's always four or five options. And one of the other options for this day was from Hebrews chapter 12. We use some of those verses in our call to worship, surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses. Robin spoke about this verse earlier this summer, and it is my favorite in the entire Bible. So when I first read it, I thought, oh, easy. I love that passage. I've done a lot of research on it. That would be so fun to preach on. But something in me kept going back to this I think because wanting to avoid it reinforces exactly what Jesus was talking about. We miss out on something when we only read the nice parts of the Bible, the nice stories of Jesus. When we don't consider the stories of his weeping, 
his anger, his sadness, his frustration. So it's worth sitting in some discomfort and staying curious. Do you think I've come to bring peace, he says? No, I've come to bring division. Wait a minute, though. Haven't we been talking about Jesus and peace all summer? We have a peace tree up here. We have a gigantic peace sign. A week ago, we just finished up a camp with kids that we call Peace Camp. So did we get it wrong? Should we start hosting Division Camp? <laughs> How to fight camp here at Fort Street? I don't think we're wrong, but it means something deeper is going on. At this point in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the last time. He's been teaching and preaching and healing for quite some time, and he's gathered these followers, and they have some questions, and Jesus can tell that they're missing something. They don't quite understand what's to come, what's going to happen in Jerusalem, how the message of Jesus confronts these power structures so forcefully that He's going to end up being executed. There's serious division that has happened, and there's even more that is to come. And so Jesus offers them this warning and points it out. He's trying to wake the followers up to the fullness of what his presence on earth really means. And just as uncomfortable as his words are for us today, they would have been even more unsettling for the followers he was with at the time. Now, we human beings are not often great at willingly stepping in to conflict and discomfort. Many of us avoid it at all costs. We skip over tricky Bible passages, we avoid confrontations, we praise unity. But often, those actions hurt us more than they help us. And Christianity, particularly in America, seems to be particularly allergic to embracing the difficult. One example of a place that I see this is in uh, Christian radio stations. Now, I, uh, I have a lot of love and respect for Christian radio stations, and they have served a very important role in my life of faith. But I have noticed something that I'm wondering if you have noticed, too. I looked up recently a list of all of the Christian radio stations in America and their station names and slogans. See if you can hear a trend. Smile FM. Shining Light Radio. Jesus Turns Frowns Upside Down. Positive, Encouraging, and Family Friendly. Music That Makes You Feel Light. So. I have an almost two-year-old, believe me, I know that there is a time and a place for positive, family-friendly music. And I am not knocking Christian radio in any way, but do you notice that trend that there is a huge emphasis on positivity and on smiling? And I think it misses something, something important. I remember actually when uh, I first discovered the Christian radio station in Denver, where I grew up. And I was a high school student and I was brand new to a church and to a life of faith and I really liked a lot of the music I was hearing, but there was one thing that bothered me about the Christian radio station. The morning show DJs seemed to always be in a good mood. 
and that bugged me. <laughs> it did not seem fully genuine. There was so much focus on positivity and smiling and perfection, and I even remember that all of their prayer request stories had happy, successful endings. And I remember feeling like I was supposed to be that way too, especially in front of my church friends. If we knew Jesus, we had to be happy all the time. Felt like I couldn't tell anyone about my prayer requests that didn't have a happy ending. I felt like I couldn't admit that I had questions about suffering or about the Bible or about God. I even remember hiding it from my church friends when I had my first heartbreaking breakup because I felt like I wasn't allowed to be sad, like I had to turn it into a blessing first. When we read all of the Bible, we see that there's actually room for the entire spectrum of human emotions, experiences, and difficulties. We see also that it isn't actually all family-friendly, is it? In fact, following Jesus ensures that life will not always be Smile FM. That's what Jesus reminds us in this passage today. Even before Jesus started teaching and preaching, he caused division and stress and trouble. When rumors of his birth reached the ears of King Herod, the king ordered the massacre of babies all across the land so that his power would not be threatened. Then when his ministry began, Jesus broke religious laws, he questioned the status quo, and he included people who had been named taboo. It earned him a lot of enemies. His very presence caused division and upheaval from the beginning. So wonder with me for just a moment, what would the life of Jesus have looked like if there was no division or conflict? Imagine him saying something like this. Now you have heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I suggest to you, maybe turn the other cheek, if you feel like it. No big deal. I love you either way. See ya. We probably would never have heard of this Jesus, right? A Jesus without conflict, without division, would not have started a movement. Of course there would be division and stress. Jesus was promoting a governance by grace and not by power, a lifting up of the poor and a lowering of the wealthy, honoring the weak and the lonely, dismantling structures that create insiders and outsiders, especially in the religious realm, caring for the needs of all, even if people don't deserve it. Challenging expectations and power structures always leads to conflict. But these divisions that Jesus lived and warned about weren't just for the sake of pain and conflict. They were signs of life for the kingdom that he was ushering in, the kingdom of God. They were about things that really mattered, even if it made people mad. Have you ever told a little white lie to avoid conflict and keep the peace? Some of us do this with gifts. 
Thanks, Grandma. I love this hot pink turtleneck. I will wear it every day. I know one person that does not do this with gifts. His name is Garrett Mostowski. Garrett is a very hard person to shop for. We're married, by the way, if, if you are, are new here. Um, Garrett is a very hard person to get gifts for, but I will say, Garrett is also one of the best gift givers I have ever met in my entire life. He's very thoughtful and intentional with it. And he, uh, you know, expects the same in return. <laughs> but he is refreshingly honest about it. Our first, uh, Garrett's first birthday when we were married uh, was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> I got him what I thought was such a wonderful gift. It was this leather-bound portfolio that, you know, you could keep your notepad in and your pens and pencils and calculator and whatever. And I knew he wanted it because he'd been uh, looking at it online. And it was a little pricey, and I think he, you know, just finally decided he couldn't do it. Um, but I snatched the opportunity and I bought it for his birthday. On his birthday, he opens it up. At first he gets this big smile, oh, it's that one, this is great. And then he opens it and he starts looking at it and unfolding it, moving it around. And his smile kind of fades. And he goes, yeah, I, I don't like it. I'm, I'm gonna return it. <laughs> it stung for a moment, I'll admit. But this was something that actually mattered to him. It was what he was going to use in his first pastoral call every single day. And he had wanted this one. I wasn't wrong. It wasn't totally off base. But the feel of it, you know how you can only learn so much about something from pictures online. And the feel, it just wasn't going to work. He said the hard truth. And even though my feelings were hurt for a moment, my bigger goal was that he would have something that he loved and that worked for him. And we were able to laugh about it, and he got something that he actually wanted. Not avoiding the conflict was the most helpful thing. Jesus came with the promise of conflict and division, not because he wanted to make people mad and break up families and cause chaos, but because he was challenging expectations and power structures and drawing people to something more important, the very presence of God. It might feel like an anti-peace message at the start, but actually I think this message of Jesus really is about peace. Peace in the shalom sense of wholeness. Peace that has done the hard work, not just resigning to an avoidance of conflict. Luke's gospel begins and ends with peace rooted in Jesus. The angels sing as the birth of Christ is announced, peace on earth, goodwill to all. And at the very end, after Jesus is resurrected, when he appears to his followers for the first time, his message is, peace be with you. Peace still matters. Here at Fort Street, we recently went through a visioning process and we worked really hard to name some values that we want to uphold. 
These three values we say we care about so much that we want them to be a part of everything that we do. The three values are love, justice, and inclusion. Love, justice, and inclusion. If we do those three things right, if we do those three things well, we are going to cause some division. We're going to include people that are going to make some people say, ah, you're not being a good enough gatekeeper. You're not keeping belonging safe. You're not honoring everything the way it should be honored. If we do justice right, we're going to be confronting big corporations that pollute the earth. We're going to be confronting policing systems that, that maintain white supremacy and racism. We're going to make some enemies. If we really love and do justice and include people well, there will be division. There's already so much division in the world, it seems strange to welcome more. But the invitation that Jesus gives us is to engage in meaningful and intentional division over the things that matter. True peace, true wholeness, requires that we say hard things and fight for what we believe in. What matters to you? What do you believe in? Jesus encourages us to be divided over those things that matter, to engage in conflict intentionally so that we may be whole and point to God's kingdom all around us. Would you pray with me? God, in a world that feels so divided, we do pray for unity. But God, we pray for the kind of unity that isn't just resignation of conflict avoidance, but is rooted in truth and peace and love. Help us to know where division is important and help us to be shepherds of your spirit. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. <laughs>